Charlize, you know I tried to get a restraining order. And what happened? Hmm? Ma'am, I need you to no. call me right now. No! No! Scott! I'm gonna kill you with my sex. Scott! Hello, you beautiful nerds. A brand new comic book movie just came out on Netflix and it's making a little bit of noise. So seeing as how I consume comic book movies like I consume weed, I thought it'd be fun to talk about it for a bit. Cause yeah, it's actually pretty good. So have a drink, have a joint, and yeah, why not have another drink? It's not a drinking problem if there's a pandemic. Quarantine rules, baby! And let's have a chat about... First, a prelude. In the year of our lord, 2000 and... well... Just, well, just 2000. One of my top five favorite rom-coms of all time was released in theaters. Wait, do I even have a top five rom-coms list? Let's see, 500 Days of Summer, Princess Bride, Hitch, Zack and Mary, and yeah, okay, yeah. One of my favorite romantic comedies, Love and Basketball, was released April 16th, 2000. I loved this movie when it came out. Not only was it a nice balance of being a sports movie and a romantic movie, I was very aware of the fact that I had seen a lot of movies like this, but none with a predominantly black cast. And that was also when I realized that white people are the norm when it comes to casting. Black and interracial relationships weren't a thing, and if there was a black person, they were mitigated to the funny minority sidekick position. Gina Prince-Bythewood has a clear vision of her filmmaking and you can see that she makes a point to give all of her characters unique voices while making sure that they're all depicted as just people. And that is very evident in her new film, The Old Guard. Yeah, that's right. The lady who did Love and Basketball directed this flick. Netflix's The Old Guard follows a group of immortal warriors, Nikki, Booker, Joe, and Andy. The movie starts when we find out that Kinky Boots and Dudley Dursley are hunting down the gang in order to find out the secret to their eternal life. Around the same time, a young Marine on the other side of the world also gains the power of immortality. Now she's joining Andy and the rest of The Old Guard to find out her place in the world and deal out some much-deserved justice. Sounds cool enough, right? There are a lot of things I loved about this movie, but you know how I like to eat my veggies first, so let's go over a couple of my nitpicks. Nitpick number one, the music. I'm not a big fan of pop songs being used in a movie, especially modern pop songs. At least it's non-diegetic music. It never really feels natural and it kind of dates the movie. Nitpick number two, the dialogue. The dialogue is a little clunky. I love, love, love that Greg Rucka, guy who wrote the comic, is the guy who wrote the screenplay for this movie. That like, never fucking happens. But I feel like it could have benefited from a second pass from a Nicole Perlman or a Noah Baumbach. It's not terrible, but there are a few lines that are a little cringy. Number three, the editing. The editing is also kind of weird. The pacing is kind of slow at times, and there are about five minutes that could have probably been cut out of the whole movie. That's really it. There's not a whole lot wrong with this movie, in my opinion. It does suffer a bit from over-exposition, but, I mean, so does Inception, but that movie absolutely fucks. The story is simple and fun. It's not super complex, and it doesn't need to be. If John Wick 3 can make buckets of money and have no fucking plot, I think you can still have a lot of fun watching Charlize find new and creative ways to murder rooms full of people. Who doesn't want to see Charlize Theron with an axe? But let me gush over the cast a little bit. Of course, me being a black feminist, I really dig the fact that we have two female protagonists. I'm not one of those people who's like, I don't want to see any more stories about white dudes. I don't think that there's no such thing as a story about a white man that's interesting. But a story with only white men, it's not only boring and overdone, it's fucking unrealistic. I mean, what was the last time you opened your eyes and only saw white people around. And I say this assuming you're not in like South Dakota. Having gay people, women, and people of color in actual leading roles was a breath of fresh air, rather than having them delegated to the aforementioned minority friend character. Newcomer Kiki Lane is pretty damn good as Niall. Her character is kind of the audience's intro into this new world. She's pretty much Eggsy from Kingsman. She spends a lot of time asking questions, which is a little annoying at times, but one of the main things her character has to do is make sure that the audience knows what the fuck's going on. Charlize Theron, wait, is it Theron or Theron? Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron. 
Okay, that's what I thought. Charlize Theron is always great and she stepped her game up action-wise in this flick. Choreography is really fucking slick. The fight scenes are creative, vicious, and this scene at the beginning is particularly fantastic. I mean, Andy is fucking nice with that axe, yo. I think between this, Mad Max, and Atomic Blonde, it's safe to say Charlize Theron is a full-on action star. So just put her in all the action movies for now on, please. Plus, could they have found a better actress to play in Immortal? This woman does not age. Paul Rudd for the sequel? This is also the gayest action movie I've ever seen, which is awesome. Charlize is gay, these two guys are gay, and not Disney gay where there's a blink and you'll miss it kiss in the background between two characters that no one gives a shit about. These two love each other, and you feel that. The actors actually had amazing chemistry, and this scene is one of my favorite parts of the flick. What is it, your boyfriend? <laughs> You're a child. An infant. Your mocking is thus infantile. He's not my boyfriend. This man is more to me than you can dream. He's the moon when I'm lost in darkness and warmth when I shiver in cold and his kiss still thrills me even after a millennia. I'm really excited to see what happens in the next movie. I feel like Netflix could have a pretty cool franchise on their hands if they handle this property right. All the stuff that was set up in this movie, no matter how obvious. I'm legit intrigued and want to see how it plays out. I love that Kinky Boots runs the team now. I love that Andy is a lot more vulnerable now that she can actually die. Uh, I love that Booker and Quinn are probably about to do some super sketchy shit. Now that all the exposition and world building is out of the way, I can't wait to see what not-so-immortal Andy and the rest of the crew get into in the next flick. I mean, I can wait, but I don't wanna. I feel like that was implied. My ranking, I liked it. And watch Love and Basketball again. It's better than you remember. Alright, that's it for this review. But, if you guys have any movies or TV shows you want us to talk about, let us know in the comments. Stay safe, my immortal warriors, and may the force be with you.